I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Another episode of the Wocast starts now, as usual. I am your co-host, Michael Morgan, and alongside me is G. What up? G, it's G, with a stuffed up nose and full of allergies. So the listeners, either you're going to like this sexy allergy voice, or you're going to think, what the hell is wrong with her? But I'm okay, Mike. You know what? <laughs> It's husky for the listeners. The, the listeners, they love husky. They do. So I'm like, maybe they'll enjoy this while I'm congested and sneezing here and talking about fights. So <laughs> enjoy, y'all. But There was no way that we were going to miss out on an episode considering how much we've got to cover yes. and talk through. Now, I understand that you're actually battling up against it. So, you know, if there is a break in recording, you <laughs> listener, you'll know why. Right. And just wish me God bless you if I sneeze a few times, Mike. Just, you know, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, over the past few days, see, I was going to say weekend, but over the past few days, we had Bellator 249. Um, Chris Cyborg took on Arlene Blenko. And... Um, we also had UFC Fight Night, Ortega versus Zombie. So, you know, obviously, first up, I think it'd be remiss of us if we didn't actually cover what happened at Bellator 249, which saw um, Chris Cyborg. Now, I'm going to do a quick quiz with you mm -hmm. now. I already told you what this woman's first name is. What is Blenko's first name? Arlene. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I had to repeat it a few times. Maybe I'm just judging others by my own standard, but I had to repeat it a few times to get it in my head who this woman was. Because, <laughs> all right, then, another question. Tell the truth. <laughs> had you heard of Arlene Blenko before all of this? No, and in fact, when you asked me that question, I hit Google and put Cyborg verse, and then Arlene <laughs> popped up. So, of course, I answered with confidence. Like, Arlene, sir. I. I, are you for real? Is <laughs> that cheated, for real? Yes. Oh my but, days. <laughs> Mike, I knew we was gonna talk about this. Of course I watched the you know, the fight and, and, and knew her name a little bit, but no, I get your point. I didn't know much about her before this fight. Now, I love Bellator, you know this. I love the mm. UFC, you know this. I love KSW, you know this. But where there's criticism to be dealt out, it's dealt out justly. And I feel my critique of this main event is where did dig this woman up from come on now are you telling me out of all the contenders that there are out there Arlene Blenko was the only one who could actually contest for the belt no that is an honest and serious question I know that I've posed it in a jovial way I know that um we are you know presenting this in a non-serious manner but it's a serious question are you telling me that they could not have dug up another opponent that was not necessarily household name, but at least on the radar. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like, what are the scouts doing when it comes to this division and these women? Because it's like, we can say the same thing when, when a 145er shows up in the UFC to fight Amanda. Or like, you know, yeah. we can say the same for both organizations, Mike. So I, I'm mm. starting to think maybe 
is it just a weight class where it's difficult for women to fight in or it's it's hard to find them? I'd love for somebody to really just break this down, like some type of uh, mm -hmm. investigative journalist. Like, what's the problem with women this size and in this division? And why can't we round them up and give Cyborg a run for her money, you know? You know, you say that. Is it the fear of Cyborg? Because, you know, in the past, people have, like, run in the opposite direction when they see her stumping towards them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's a force to, to, to reckon with. I mean, whether you think she's been fighting cans or not, when she fights cans because they can't find her opponents, she does exactly what you're supposed to do. We talk about it all the time on the show. If the organization gives you a can, you are to murder the cans. You kill them. And this is what the lady does. <laughs> and then when she has a competitive fight, she still wins. The only fight that she got smashed against was Amanda Nunes and that's not really a, a competitor to be ashamed of to lose to in that fashion. Yeah, yeah. But everyone else, true. Chris basically destroys. And I think she's one of the best female fighters on the planet, even with that loss to Amanda Nunes. But how about now? Yeah. How about the fact that this is the first Rinaki choke on her record? Incredible, right? It's incredible, um, but I'm not surprised because, like, her jujitsu is A1. She just never really has to mm. use it. And I did notice that when Chris Cyborg goes to the ground, you're not really going to catch her in anything. It's because she's a jujitsu ace. Like, she gets out of grapples and submissions and winds up ground and pounding you for the win. And that is not just because of the ground and pound. It's because she knows what she's doing on the ground. But she's better with her hands, and she likes to annihilate people, and the fans like it. So why not? But I wasn't surprised. I'm speaking... Yeah, and speaking of uh, being surprised and speaking of annihilations, um, another person I was keeping my eye out for was Mike Kimbell, who took on Damon Blackshear. Now, Blackshear got the win in round two via uh, Reneke Choke. Now, peep this, right? Mm -hmm. Blackshear went in there with an uh, eight and three record. Mike Kimbell, uh, he's now three and three. Now, that was a step up, if ever I saw one. And the reason, obviously, you know that I'm keeping my own Mike Kimbell is because what actually <laughs> happened at the media day so many moons ago where him and James Gallagher got into it. I just want that fight to happen, but it's looking very unlikely oh, considering where Mike Kimbell is um, at the moment. I actually watched that fight. Like, I tuned in. Like, when Mike Kimball fights, I watch him because I want to mm. see his progress because... He did some dirty stuff to try to get a fight with James Gallagher. Like, if you remember, he went online, he said terrible things about the guy's mother. Then when they, yeah. when they cross paths, Kimball jumps in his face. And the reason why I think this is cruddy is because this is merely just an attempt from Mike Kimball to get a fight with him. There is no beef mm. between them. It's just me literally mm. seeing another stranger that has more than me and picking a fight with them so that I get lucky to fight them in, on the big stage. And here's where I have a problem with that. Mike Kimball is not ready to fight James Gallagher. From the performance I saw against that, um, tell me his opponent's name again. Damon Blackshear. Yes, um, he had a nice jab. He was calm, cool, collective, and he wasn't as hesitant as Mike Kimball. Mike Kimball looked hesitant. And when um, the young man took him to the ground, Mike, and he started to put that choke around his neck, you could see Kimball just fucking start to... Um, what's it called, unwind and, and panic. You could see it in his face. And I remember thinking, oh my God, honey, fight the hands, fight the hands. Put mm, your hand up, mm. fight the hand that's across your neck, but also put your hand up, the hand that's behind your neck, honey, fight it. I'm not a fighter and I knew that, but he panicked so quickly. And I'm thinking to myself, 
James Gallagher would have ate you alive. You got some nerve chasing him for a fight that you wasn't even ready for, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, before we go any further, I I know we're going to get into UFC Fight Night shortly, but I'm just curious, just before we leave the Bellator T49 card, on the last episode, which you were sadly missed of Shots Fired, we did miss you. Us three, we talked about the Scarface adage, and that is no women, no children. Now, obviously, Mike Kimbell brought in, uh, well, women, and he brought in, you know, the fact that, you know, James Gallagher's mother was the, uh, what the, the well, I'll say it, Mike, had his attention. So nice. Mike Kimball basically told James Gallagher that his mother should have swallowed him, which was just filthy yeah. and un- unnecessary, being that none of them now, had a beef before that. Is there a line that he crossed? I mean, are you of the Scarface adage, like me, no women, no children? Yeah, I lean towards that. I lean towards that. Mm. I mean, but sometimes I feel like I can break that rule. For instance, when when Michael Bisping (laughs) spit at his corner. I I don't condone his behavior, but when you bring someone's wife into things, you might get a man that might spit on you. You know that his opponent, Jorge Rivera, made countless videos of his wife catching an STD because she's from Australia. And Ooh. for some reason, koala bears tend to have um, chlamydia. I don't know anything else about that. That's all I know. Didn't know that? Exactly. So he took that Australian... I learned something new today. Isn't that nuts? Wow. Did not know that. Isn't that nuts? So because... <laughs> yeah. Yes, because Bisbing's wife is from Australia, he took the chlamydia and koala thing and made a video about her. And then wow. Mike beat the living shit out of him and after the fight spit on him. So I'm like, if mm. you open those doors, you might get what you deserve. Too. So I would say leave women and children out because the person you're saying that to might come around and beat your ass or be like Gallagher, mm. be like, oh, you want to say that to me? I'll never fight you. Now you're not going to get what you want. Nah, doesn't look like yeah. it. Doesn't look like you it. You might not get the results you want by involving women and children is what I mean, Mike, you know? Hmm. No, I hear yeah. that. I hear that. So UFC Fight Night, mm-hmm. Ortega versus Zombie. We're going to counter through the prelims, and I, you know, in uh, in in my my uh, usual fashion, of course, I was diligent and I watched the prelims. Oh, you're making me proud. <laughs> you're making me proud, but you had no excuse. They came on earlier, so you're not going to get too yeah, many right. kudos for that. It's not like you fought sleep to- and shit and all that. Nah. Yeah. Talk about Brit friendly. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock UK time is when things kicked off. So in terms of early start from our point of view, that's beautiful. But does it like kind of fuck up your day when it starts that early? Yeah, and it's not that... From a US point of view. I actually get excited that it's earlier. Like, I I love that it's earlier. But here's the problem. I think because... I don't know if it's a mental thing or not, but the Americans are getting Mm. like sleepy earlier. Like, or when the fight goes off, we don't know what to do. We're like, it's only 10 o'clock? Like, what the fuck? I'm going to bed now or what? I remember last night I was DMing the girls and we felt lost afterwards. And we were like, oh, boxing's mm. on. We'll watch that. You know what I mean? But I was so sleepy. But I was really happy that the Europeans, I clown y'all a lot, but I do get happy when you guys have like a happier start time. The timeline is happy. You know, y'all are just like in a good old refreshing mood and ready to watch fights. Yeah. So I do like when you get that treat. So let's have a quick canter through the two from our points of view, that um, we want to talk about. I'm going to, you know, as ladies, should always go first. I'm going to start with you. you. Where are we going? I'm going with um, Saeed Nurmagomedov and Mark Striegel. Mm. 
Here's my thing with this fight. I'm not familiar with Mark Striegel. I do believe this was his UFC debut, and I loved how he came out. He had this like really dramatic music. His shoulders were straight. You could tell he wanted to make like a big, you know, he wanted to have a good showing. You could just see it in the body language. It was like, oh, I'm already proud of him. Oh, man. Saeed came out and just shut all that down, man. Like, I don't know what happened, but uh, Striegel caught his leg. And from there, he tried to get a single leg takedown, and mm. Saeed made him pay the price for that. And I like to call it single leg death. And what happened, what single <laughs> leg death is, we've all seen it. When Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann fought, Ryan Spann died when he reached for that leg and he wouldn't let go. Watt Adams did the same thing to Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy smashed the side of his face with elbows because these fighters, for some reason, when they grab a single leg, they think it's okay to stay there and eat 50 fucking million shots. And I'll never yeah. understand that shit. And, and, and Mike, to be honest with you, we've seen it plenty of times. UFC vet Travis Brown murdered Josh Barnett the same way. And Barnett is a savvy veteran. You know, this isn't a new person. But again, we saw it with Saeed Nur- Nurmagomedov. He, um, mm-hmm. First of all, the balancing act that he had while bouncing on one leg and he landed the shots yep. precisely because mind you Mike remember when he caught the leg Saeed just started to tee off on his face then that's when Mark collapsed but at that point it's like when do you choose a different position because he still kept going for the leg and Saeed just pummeled him and the next thing you know it looked like he had died and he won the fight and it, yeah and it's just sad to me to see just such a a mistake like that lead to such a loss and I'm sure he's going to learn from that. And I hope everyone who reaches for the single leg death learns from that. Because to me, it looks like a very embarrassing <laughs> loss. To me. Well, he proved he got some fast hands, that's for sure. But 16 unanswered strikes. I counted 16. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I need, I need to recount them. But seven unanswered strikes. Do you think that the ref was a little bit slow? A little bit, yeah. And also the strikes on the floor <laughs> were too much to me. Like his head was bouncing off the floor like a basketball. You could see him like wake mm. up, go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up. It was just, <laughs> yes. hey, ref, ref. He's he's sitting there in and out of a coma. I think it's time to stop the fight. And and mind you, the blows had started way before he collapsed and hit the ground. So you got to mm-hmm. take those shots into consideration. But nonetheless, I'm not going to take away from Saeed's um, performance. I believe in a, a couple fights ago, I forget who his opponent was, but he did like a spinning kick to a knee, which was gorgeous. And he's, not, he's someone we're going to have a lot of fun with on these prelims. I look forward to his next fight. Next up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm go, I've got to get my pronunciation uh, chops on. You know, they say that you should eat bananas if you want to enunciate properly. Really? I'm going to struggle with this, though. I'm going to have to say Gamazarud uh, Antelogov and Maxim Grishin. You did well. Russian... Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Russian, on va- Russian violence, man. 205 violence. I like the fact that, you know, Grishin backed up Antelogov um, against the fence wailing some serious blows which basically were unanswered and um he'd actually not lost until well since 2016. Mm-hmm. i have to say that puts him on quite the tier but that was some serious russian on russian violence I, I did appreciate that question mike who was the person you said mm. that had um hasn't lost in quite a while was that Mech- uh Grishin. Grishin. okay i'm unfamiliar with him but yeah oh wow yeah what he, is he, he's, he's on quite the tear yeah, yeah. excellent yeah Excellent. Next up. You know what? I know I'm going to be really, really greedy mm-hmm. here I, I, because I, 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 want, I want to pose a, just one question. Jamie Malarkey and Faraz yes. um, ZM, 
Now, I love that because there were loads and loads of traditions of uh, transition. I know that we said that we were going to stick to two each, but like I said, I'm going to be greedy. No, Those transitions greedy. had me. Um, but um, for me, no fighter was really in, in, in any trouble. But I love the fact that there were those really technical exchanges in terms of the transitions. And and for me, um, Zaim actually proved his superiority over Malaki with some nice knees and those crisp strikes. But I just wanted to ask, I, I, I put this out on Twitter and, um, okay, um, I got a few likes, but um, I said that uh, Zaim wasn't ready for... Um, his malarkey. Now, does does malarkey mean the same to you over there that it means over here? Um, I don't even know what malarkey means, quite honestly. I forget the meaning. <laughs> like, call me slow, but it, let me look it up. It, it's like his shtick or his rubbish or um, his, 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 he's playing around. Malarkey is like messing around. Oh, it's like, oh, like and you're goofing off or... You, yeah. Okay. All that malarkey. Um, yeah, I, I, here's that thing about that fight, Mike, when it comes to malarkey, as, as you have it defined. People were very upset that he didn't win. But in my mind, I'm like, he didn't win because he didn't do anything with the takedowns that he got. And he didn't really land anything too crazy significant. So I don't think he put on a performance no. that had the judges believing that he won. And also, too, there's like a new form of judging going around that people need to pay attention to. And I think it's all yeah. goes into the evolution or maybe the changing of MMA right now. Like, for instance, back in the day, Mike, if you took somebody down over and over again and you did not improve in the position, you could win the fight. Or yeah. you could sneak out around just by tackling someone and taking them down at the last minute. Mm. I find in mm. 2020 and more recent times, that's not working. I find that judges are looking for you not only to take someone down and not to just hold them, but to advance your position, to look for submissions and to do ground and pound. Jamie did none of that. And I believe that's what cost him the fight. You know what? Funny enough, um, that kind of like sort of played out with... Um, Kutaladze and uh, Mateus Gamera. I know you're going to get into that yeah. later, but I remember him saying, you know what? No, I, I didn't win that. But look, I don't want to steal your thunder. Right, right. We'll get into um, that. I think it's your turn next. Okay, so I did Saeed and Mark Striegel, so I'm going to just jump to the... Um you know, fight of the night and also the featured prelim. And to me, it makes sense mm. why this was the featured prelim, even though I didn't know who the hell these fellas were. When they started to fight, I was like, okay, I get why this is at the top of the prelims. These are two yeah. very well-rounded and very experienced and very, these are savvy veterans that just happen to be on the prelims, Mike. There was, both of them are well-rounded and can fight. So I was like, oh, we have a very technical and advanced fight here. And I don't know who the hell these people mm. are. But here's how I think it went in, from my perspective, Mike. I honestly believe that, um, now I got to work on these names, Kudalazi was landing the harder, more significant strikes. Every strike yes. he put thunder behind it, and those kicks were mean. Mm. And I understand, too, that, yes, he was landing the harder strikes, and, and Gamrot probably was landing more strikes. But the ones that you know you remember, and the ones that the judges probably can remember in their heads, were the harder strikes from Kudalazi, and they were body kicks, and he was all over the place, and he stayed in Gamrot's face. And but I, what I liked about Gamrot is that he was there to bang, and he gave it yeah. right back. And his offensive wrestling was so good. But here's mm, the thing about yes. that: yes, it was it was beautiful because he was doing what. Um, Malarkey wasn't doing. He was doing more. When he was trying to take the guy down, he was trying to get into those top positions. He was trying to do things. But Kudalazi 
is one of those fighters that when he gets taken down, his main priority is to get back up, which I love, yep. love, love. I just love when a fighter it just acts like the ground is quicksand or it's a burning pit of fire and they have to get up. And that's how that man acted. And Mike, mm. when he wasn't trying to get up, he was reaching for submissions, which kind of like fucks with Gamrot's head. Like now he's got to be a defensive yep. wrestler and get out yep. of these submissions. And then when they stand back mm. up, Kudalaza's hitting him with the harder shots. I thought he won the fight soundly. I thought it was a beautiful performance. I thought Gamrot fought well as, as you know, I thought he fought well enough so that I had to do mm. a little research on him. Mike, I didn't know this was a KSW champion. Yeah. I didn't know this. Through and through. This is why yes. he performed like that. That is a premier league, mm-hmm. as you were telling me, in Europe. Yep. And he, this isn't no Driscoll either. He didn't come out nervous. Nothing. No. Nope. He's not the nope. South African guy either. So I want to see both of them fight again. And I was a little sad that Kutalazi did not like his performance. You know? Well, I think for him, he, he, he was kind of like adamant that, look, Gamrot one because you know he got the takedowns he got the significant yeah. takedowns as well but I think just picking up on what you've just saying there you're right I think that Kudaladze needs to put more store by the fact that he was ferocious mm-hmm. he was landing the most shots he was landing they the most hard. significant kicks and 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 don't get me wrong it was a fantastic showing from both men yes. you're right Gamrot showed that you know he'd been to the big yeah. leagues before coming to the UFC and you know definitely belonged he definitely yeah. didn't look like a fish out Neither of water of but yep. for me for me that that was in the right place it was for me with a fight of the night I really enjoyed me that too. It, because it's like definitely for a purist or someone who's been watching this sport for a while you you clearly recognize that this was a high level fight that's what it was you didn't really see yeah. too many mistakes. And then when you did see a mistake, the fighter knew to capitalize off of it. That's just advanced. There was a lot mm. of high fight IQ. There was a lot of heavy shots from Garam. And here's a, another thing we didn't discuss. Neither man waned cardio-wise, which is also a testament to their experience. This is... Oh, Mateus Gamera, he's known for his cardio. He's a cardio machine. I don't even know him and I believe it. And I also believe Garam would be just fine. And both these men to me, maybe I'm pushing it, but they would be fine in a five-round fight and I know Gamrot would because he's a former champ so you know something I think Gamrot shouldn't feel any shame in losing to Kutaladze because that was a well-fought contest it was well-fought and well-matched as well I loved it whoever put that together kudos I'm ready for both of them to fight again maybe next week and I I loved how like Guram had like the um, Shemaev swag he had him in the corner he had trained with him and Mike, did you notice that Shemaev might be like a permanent resident of Abu Dhabi? Like he lives there. It looks like he it. Trains with people that he beat up. Like he's hang sit, sitting next to Dana. Oh, Kate Stein. Thank God you brought that up. Let- <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. When I saw that shit, Mike, why did I quietly get mad? Because I'm like a low key hater of Shemaev, and I wanted to tell Dana because I've been in a position of leadership. Like I've been a boss, and I, I don't know if you're a manager or not, but it's just like. When, I have been ex- in the past, Exactly, yeah. but don't you make the, them work for that seat? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you make that motherfucker work. You don't work. get here, exactly, you don't get here because you just came here. And now you get to sit next <laughs> to me, the person who did all the work and run the show. Now you get to sit next to me, VIP, watch these fights? I don't think so. Shemaev would have been in the crowd yeah. with everybody else, and I'd have been like, hey, superstar, and then been minding my business because I'm the president. I hated seeing him <laughs> next to Dana like he was some 
And you know, there's so many other fighters that deserve that seat or have put in the work, and here's Sh- Shemayev just already sitting next to the boss. Get the fuck out of here. But I, w- yeah, I could just imagine that Connor was looking yes. at that and thinking, Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> that used to be me, and now I get deadlines. <laughs> now I get deadlines to sign contracts, and I'm being blamed for tough falling through. So Shemayev will slide and take your spot, sir. You know, just before we leave the prelims, I know that headed up the prelims, but I wanted to double back, circle back, and talk about John Phillips oh, versus John uh, Yon uh, Park. Now, I'm not sure if you saw the footage, but um, our old friend Kamzat Chimaev was actually in his dressing room, and that is John Phillips' dressing room, coaching him on takedowns, coaching him on takedown defence, um, basically giving him some hints and tips. Mike. That he was coaching yeah. all of us. You saw that hip thrust that, like, when you when somebody <laughs> yes. you think I'm not going to do that if somebody try to tackle me. Take yes. this hip, bitch. Yes. Pow. Like me. Thank you, Shia. You know what? You took the words right out of my mouth. You're right. You're exactly right. He was coaching all of us because, yeah, I'm, I, I banked that. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 didn't that I, make sense? I like, it was a me too. Didn't it make sense that if a motherfucker <laughs> try to hit your waist, why not throw that hip? And I got a skinny hip bone. You gonna eat and, it? And Pow. and skip your hip out yeah, of the way eat this bitch while you go try to take me down i might as well punch you with my hip i was like these russians or what no wherever he's from these these men are brilliant and don't play but mike did did, did john do any of that shit though oh man shit. and that you know this is a real difficult time for me i tell you why the brits didn't fare too well on the card no. but john phillips in particular you know i always admit my biases but yeah. John Phillips is one of my favorite. The white Mike Tyson is a moniker okay. that will live with me. He will never be the Welsh wrecking machine slow, to me. Slow your roll, Mike, because we, mm-hmm. you know, I'm stateside. You know more about UK fighters. And he had a pretty piss poor performance. So before we, like, discuss that, t- tell me what makes John Phillips so great and the U.S. listeners. Because I tweeted, like, what the fuck was he even doing in the UFC? Didn't Shemaya just dog walk this motherfucker? <laughs> wow. And then now Shemaev is giving him tips. Like, why is he here? But I don't know nothing about him. So, Mike, tell us We're what's used so great to about him. We're used to seeing matchups where he's matched with a striker. And invariably, the striker comes off worse oh. for wear. We're talking like clean KO. Man will clean your clock. Man will just switch you off. We've seen it time and time again on the regional circuit, oh. whether it's Cage Warriors, whether it's um, Bama. Um, he was in a four-man, um, I think it was a light heavyweight tournament. Mm. He cleaned clocks is, there as well. He He's known champ? for his KO power. Has he been a champ? Has he faced like five rounds yes, and stuff? Yes. He's 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 never got out of the first round. He's an oh, ex-Bama shit. champ, and like I say, he's known for his KO power. Hence the reason why the moniker stuck, and the moniker kind of like tickled me, the white Mike Tyson, yeah. because you'd see him basically rocking up, and you know that it wasn't going to come out of the first round. That was what he was known for, but. He's not known for his ground game, as he clearly showed. That was an ugly fight. Yeah. Uh, John Young Park knew what he was doing. Keep him on the ground. And that is why we saw 258 oh my God. punches to, to he, on the ground. He beat Chael Sonnen's record when he fought Nate Marquardt. By the way, that, that fight was like crazy ground and pound. That was a nightmare fight to me. I was a huge Nate Marquardt fan. Horrible. So when I saw Chael just kind of lay on him and beat the crap out of him with all those punches, I'm like, John Young Park is doing more than what I saw mm. with Chael Sonnen mm. and Nate Marquardt? Yeah. But beautiful performance <laughs> on his part, Mike. He knows the guy has trouble. 
on the ground. I don't think that's like a mm. secret. What do you do? You explain no. it. You don't stand and bang with somebody that has a nickname Mike Tyson, White Mike Tyson. You take you take his white ass to the ground because he don't know what he's doing, and you beat him up. And then he historically now he's broken the record, and he had a good time last night. He had a strong showing, but John Phillips, man, he needs some work. The the Shemaev tutoring didn't help. You know, and it, it goes to show you why Shemaev was also able to dog walk him, too. It's a worry. I tell yes. you why. Because I thought for a while back there, um, John Phillips was at SBG. Now, that's the best place for him. The calm, reassuring voice of John Kavanagh is just what he needs. The calm, reassurance of his coaching, too. But... For me, it was too late in the game for, you know, Kamzat Chimaev. And let's just remember, this was his previous opponent rocking up on fight night and saying, well, what you want to do is hip thrust and then, you know, retract. Come on now. Too little, too late. SBG isn't for everybody. You you know what I mean? Like, look at Amir Markani. Like... Yeah, uh, he could go for maybe like keep looking around for another camp, sir. I don't really know if his stint at SPG is serving him. Only he can answer that. And also John Phillips, like, you know, I don't know. Like I just feel like when it SPG fighters, when it works, my man, it works. Look at Connor. Look at you know. Mm-hmm. Look at a few others. Oh, one, one hundred. But when mm. it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I also question how long Johnny Walker will be there. Um, I saw the same defensive problems he had with Ryan Sapp, but he managed to get the win off of. Ryan Spans, I said Ryan Sat. Ryan Spans mistake. So I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I saw too much improvement with him under SBG. So I also have him. I thought I did. Yeah, you Be did. Be fair, you I did. thought, yeah, I certainly did. Yeah. Yeah. Me. I hear I'm you. Skeptical. Though. I hear yeah. you. Yeah, it's not for everyone. And, yeah. You know, to be honest with you, the gym is only as good as your ability to take on what's been told to exactly. you. Now, for for me, not everybody digests the same information, which everybody is given by John Kavanaugh in the same way that Connor does, in the same way that James Gallagher right. does. These are almost savant-like in the way that they kind of like interpret and take in information. It's like they'll do the exact request that John Kavanagh yeah. actually asks of them. He's like their and that sensei. Is, it's, it's, you know. There you go. Yeah. I know what you mean. He's like, mm. but it's like that sensei style might not be for everybody. But SBG no, right. still is a premier gym. You know, if you, if you fit in there like lock and key, you are going to be successful. Can't argue with you there. No. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. So, main event. Thomas Almeida versus <sighs> Jonathan Martinez. I don't know about you, uh-huh. but for me, maybe, just maybe, this was too evenly matched because it was. It was a really close fight, and I wouldn't have wanted to be a judge for this. For me, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because of the strikes galore. Basically, this was a, a clash just basically on the feet, yeah. and I loved it. Yeah, I, I loved I it, but it too. way too close to call. Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I do think the the um, Jonathan is the rightful winner. I do think like he did what he was supposed to do, and he just overall was the better yeah. fighter. And I think that's because, mm. like like you said, Mike, they were evenly matched. But the problem is, yeah. is that Jonathan is surging upwards right now. Okay, in the UFC, he is improving leaps and bounds every fight. Okay, he had his loss to Andre Yule, and it was a dis- split decision loss. You know, it could have went either way. It was a split decision. Mm. And he did. He had a beautiful fight against Frankie Sands, which is no which is no feat. You know what I mean? Like, 
And it was a TKO with knees and punches. And then right now, he outwitted Thomas Almeida. This is a fighter that's getting better with each fight. Now, Thomas Almeida, Mike, he was starting to decline before he got injured. Check this out. Mm. He mm. lost to Jimmy Rivera. He lost to Rob Font. And then in 2020, now we have his loss to Jonathan Martinez. He still hasn't gotten his, you know, he's not back yet. You know, he was declining when he left. He had some injuries. And it seems like his road back is going to be harder than the surging Jonathan Martinez, who's already established in his um, division. So I didn't really, I didn't feel comfortable picking Thomas Almeida, even though, like, he's nothing but a highlight real type of fighter. Mm. And also, he's lost to Cody Carbrandt. Like, he's had a rough little stint in the UFC. He's had some wins, but he started to decline when he got injured. So that was my red flag for him. So I'm not surprised that Jonathan is surging and beat him. But, Mike, close (laughs) fight, and it was hella fun. Yeah. No, I mean, um, if I had to, like, gun to head, I would have gone with Martinez. Jonathan Martinez, for me, um, he just looked, personally, I just thought he was more precise. And I just... I don't know. There, there was something about the way in which he was striking which struck me. Yeah, but um, the improvements hella he close. makes every fight. Like he, like, and then yeah. when we see him fight again, Mike, I guarantee you, he's going to be slightly better, or maybe a lot better than from this Thomas Almeida fight. He's just that kind of guy. He gets mm-hmm. better and better. Yeah. What did you make of Claudio Silva? Oh boy. Britain's own, the Brazilian versus James Kraus. What did you reckon? I, I picked Claudio. Because Claudio is on a hell of a tear right now. And, and yes, it is a weird tear. Like, I find his fighting style to be, like, all over the place and wild. And he gets, like, these submissions. And he's definitely a submission artist. But, yeah. but um, I thought um, he was going to take it. And especially Kraus is a late replacement. Yes, I know he's tough with being a late replacement. Like, he'll still bring it to you. But I was surprised that he mm. won. I was just kind of surprised that he shut down Claudio Silvia. That he was just, like, better at... at you know, at everything, everywhere. And also, too, he was elusive. The, the, his footwork, the, the stances, the switching of the stances, the, the shots, the angles in which he was hitting him with. I thought it was just too much and mm. overwhelming for Claudio. And I was shocked. But I like James Krause, so I was happy to see him win. What did you think? I, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, having watched the careers really closely, mm-hmm. Claudio Silva and James Krause, James Krause... Um, came over, uh, I forget who he was um, cornering, but when he was in Dublin, I watched him for an hour solid, and his ground game is oh, he's the no dog's the nuts. Yeah. yeah. So, I knew that he would have the upper hand. I, I, you know, don't take anything away from Claudio Silvia here, because he was unbeaten up until that point. Uh, 13 years. He He'd actually gone through quite a who's who when you think about it. Uh, Danny Roberts, Leon Edwards, yes, Leon Edwards, Nordine Taleb. I Danny mean, Roberts. That's just a few of the, yeah. That's just a few of the victims, and you know, he, he clearly burnt himself out though in the first. Did you see those looping shots? Those lazy shots. He wasn't going to do anything with those. And for me, um, James Krause was definitely the far superior um, combatant there. Yeah, definitely. It, it still caught me off guard, Mike, because this guy has 14 wins in a row, Claudia, I mean, mm. and then he's got five mm. in the UFC, and some of these names are to reckon with, man. Come on, Danny Roberts, yeah. Nordib yeah. Talib, and then Mr. Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards, yeah. So, and then on top of it, he's on a hell of a, a, um, a win streak, and then Krause is coming mm. in late. 
I lean toward Claudio, but Claudio, I don't know. He couldn't handle Kraus. Kraus is one tough guy. And again, hmm. another person that I don't care what weight class he's in. I don't care if it's short notice. I don't care if his shorts are too tight because I don't know what he wore last night. They look like panties. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if he wears panties again or boxers. The man can fight. You saw them shorts, Mike? They was... Yeah, Ooh. short shorts. Yeah, the poom poom shorts came out, but... I ain't even mad at you, Krause. Wear the poom poom shorts. riders. Yeah. It's a mood sometimes. I have a pair. It's all right. <laughs> you have got batty riders. <laughs> Which I probably wear once a year in my house to clean the house. You probably won't catch me outside wow. in them. But when Krause broke them out, I was like, go ahead, girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up. Another Brit. Uh, well, we're claiming him as, as Brit. He's, he trains over here, Modestus uh, Bukowskis ah, okay. versus Jimmy Crew. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, that right hand, right hand, left hook, after yeah. those landed, it was over, man. And, you know, following him down to the ground. And then, you know, after knocking him out, it was weird sitting down next I to know, him, I'm like kind of cuddling. I'll be like, I don't know about you, but. When I used to do sparring and when I used to be in the gym, there was no way that I was sitting next to a guy who kind of like had me on stanky legs. No. So let alone someone who just knocked you out. Yeah, like it was kind of like a little bit weird. I thought it was very strange because it's just like, was it some type of adrenaline dump? Does he feel really bad? And also too, like give a guy a minute to get his wits together. He probably doesn't even you know, know what has happened, let alone now you're, you're having a picnic with him. Why? <laughs> yeah. Bow. That's what they look like. Yeah, it looked like. Shall kidding. I pour you some exactly. wine? Uh, are you I was okay? waiting for the picnic pattern, you know, tablecloth on the floor in the basket. You know, like, Jimmy, <laughs> give the guy a minute. He probably doesn't even know if it's Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. You clobbered the man. Bow and go back to your, your coach and then come back to him and shake his hand when he's on the stool. Like, but Jimmy's yeah. probably just hella excited. I mean,. All that adrenaline, you, you fucking come out there, you murder a guy, and, and all that pent up yeah. energy. He's probably just still really high from it all and acting silly, you know? <laughs> How about Kate, Caitlin Chikagan and Jessica Andrade? What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I was, um, I said it on Twitter. I was like, Andrade is going to win this. But we mm. have to discuss the fact that Caitlin Chikagan is like, what, six inches taller than her and also had like an eight inch reach, reach advantage? Or. Yeah. Or switch that. But there was a humongous reach and height advantage. And I was like, even though Jessica Andrade is the better fighter and the more elite fighter than Caitlin Shikagan, she is going to have to take some time to adjust to that, you know, fighting her bigger opponent. And mm. that's what I saw at first. I was like, oh, she's not struggling a little bit, but yeah, she's going to have to figure this out. But man, when she yeah. did, you saw what she did to that skinny body? Mm. Mm. Yeah. She's known for tearing people up, though. I mean, what do you think about it? Look, she's the former strawweight champion, and there's a reason for that. She hits hard. She really bullied Chikagan, though, from yeah. start to finish, from pillar to post. Those relentless leg kicks. That dropped her. Relentless takedowns. Basically, when you, when you think about it, this is the same Jessica Andrade, who I have to say... I really wanted them to stop this fight. Who fought Rosie, Se Rosie Sexton when she came over? I think it was Manchester. And she battered the shit out of her. And like, so much so, I was thinking, God, someone needs to throw in the towel. Yeah, so man. I asked um, Jessica Andrade, because um, I was covering it like cage side. I asked her um, in the one on one interviews when they used to do one on one interviews. Damn, I'm just reminiscing. 
one-on-one -on -one interviews. Do you remember when we used to meet people? I anyway, remember so events? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so we were in this one-on-one uh, -on -one interview, and I said to Jessica Andrade through her trainer, um, you know, I, I felt really strongly that the fight should have been stopped because you were clearly, you know, giving uh, Rosie Sexton CTE, <laughs> and it was translated to her. <laughs> and she looked like she wanted to rip my fucking head off seriously and i thought oh maybe maybe i should have turned yeah, that differently for, yeah. yeah damn she uh she's got like that um that stare that will stare through your soul yeah. so she's fearsome man and she showed it just in the cage again yeah. last night she's no joke yeah like if i was to ever interview her i would love to know where she generates her power is it from just having technique down or does this woman lift weights are you power lifting or is this something that mm. you've always had or is this just a natural strength because she's just strong. In in one round, she was able, one, I saw a leg kick that just dropped Caitlyn out of nowhere. And it was delayed. Like, she was all right. And then she just yeah. was like, ow, this shit hurts. She sat down. <laughs> and then I saw her. <laughs> no, it was for real. I was like, that's so strange. It was almost like a liver shot when it's delayed. But it was to her leg. It was delayed. Mm. And um, then I saw, the, you know, the takedowns. And not just the takedowns. Like, the whole pick you up, throw you down. Like, you know, and yeah. to, to a woman that was twice her size. Then I saw her controlling her in the clinch. So that's when I'm like, yo, Jessica Andrade is strong as fuck. This is just like what is, this is the real deal. This is her power. This is what she's good mm -hmm. at. And then finally she starts hitting that body and the shot was so close. It was such a short body shot that had Caitlyn Shakagian scream and do a 360. And then I love that Jessica <laughs> saw blood did the flying knee it didn't land but it yeah. overwhelmed her yeah. enough so that she could drop more shots to her tiny body and the fight was over and it was a great stoppage i don't want to hear shit you, you know what that short punch it was almost like she was saying bitch what you say about my mama yeah. what you say about my mama bitch you owe me money <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah it was the bitch you owe me money shot right it was and it was just to me what was so tantalizing and so interesting about that little short shot was that it was so short and inside, yet it caused so much damage. Yeah. I've never seen a fighter flee like that, do a 360, and don't forget the scream she let out. Her mouth was yeah. wide open, ah, and then she did a 360. But good for Like she was running from it. But you know what? She needed a minute to recover. I don't even shame her mm -hmm. for that. You could tell she was like, get the fuck out of there, do a spin, and get back to it. But by that time, Jessica picked, smelled blood, and she did that running um, knee. Although it didn't land, it was enough to be like, the fuck's going on? Left the body open, yeah. wow, bring it back. Yeah. That was brilliant in itself. To me, my, what we saw here is that Caitlin Shikagian, of course, she's a great fighter, light on her feet, never stays in the same place at all. She can be tricky and elusive. But Jessica Andrade is the mm -hmm. better, more complete fighter, and she's elite. That's all. And I'd like to see Jessica fight Valentina Shevchenko. Man, speaking of elite there, Brian Ortega, Korean zombie. Now, I don't know if uh, maybe I'm taking things a little bit too far for, for this, but I think a bald Ortega is a dangerous Ortega. I'm christening him Bulltega. You can take that. Bulltega. Bulltega. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got all types of shit, all types of names for him. I mean, we was we was doing all types of shit on MMA Twitter, like intensive care unit. Brian, we had all types of, 
you know, I think he just caught us off guard. And I will say, before intensive care, he did look Brian. like he was in intensive care for a minute, and he did. Wow. He dried up my timeline too. Women were not having it, you know. But I think, in all honesty, I still think he's a handsome man. But when he grows his hair out a little bit and he does like maybe the Carlos Condit look with the beard and stuff, he's gonna get that charm mm. back. But bald headed, he's a little scary, and he fought scary. He's in the. He, he's an amazing actor as well. I mean, as is our want recently to talk about films, he appears in The Tax Collector. Go and see that. He's really good. Oh, really? Smoldering intensity. He has just a few lines, but it's just his acting chops. He comes across is it, so natural. Now, is it better than Cage Fighters? 150% okay, better. Sure, anything, time, anything is going to be better. Than, right. And speaking of which, in the week... I'm going to be bringing a new film to the table. Jiu-Jitsu, be ready. It's going to rock your world. Yeah, the movie I heard that has no jiu-jitsu in it, but is labeled the jiu-jitsu film. <laughs> but that should be interesting. You know something? I think it's going to be my type of film. It's a mixture. You know what? We're going to save this yeah, save until mid let's, let's go back to... <laughs> <laughs> but getting back to this nice little chess match, which it was yes. in the opening round, each return fire. I mean, talk about take one to get 15 do you know yeah. what i mean it's absolutely amazing in terms of like the shots exploding and you know this was clearly clearly brian ortega 2.0 and and i i agree with you mike on that and i think what happened here was that me you the fans mma twitter expected to see the brian ortega that loses rounds after round but finds a way to win and i think chan sung jung prepared for that type of brian ortega too I think that's what he was expecting. And I think that's why he came full on, was in front of yeah. him and trying to land shots, but was like, yo, this new Brian is not letting me land on him. Remember, Brian... He wasn't had, ready for that spinning elbow yes, either. Yes, Brian had no <laughs> issue letting his chin get get um, beat up in all his fights. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen it with Max Holloway. He got beat up so much, Max Holloway had to stop and give him tutorial lessons on defense. You yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. before that, I forget another... Um, opponent i can't remember off the top of my head we all know that that brian ortega tends to get beat up but finds a way to flourish in his fight iq and to pull the win that's why we love him mm -hmm. he has decided yep. not to be that fighter anymore okay last night i saw a defensive movement that i had never seen before he was never in the same place twice to be hit that's one his elbows and wow. hands were up very nicely the way that max had showed him i saw him block yeah yeah, yeah. yes spot on yes yeah. He doesn't fight like this, Brian. I mean, excuse me, Michael. He doesn't fight like this. And I don't think Chan yeah. and the fans were ready for this. So I loved his performance. It made me take him far more serious than I already do. And God damn it, I want him to fight for the um, the title right now. Yes, with you. 100%. It's we we like we like Bultega or ICU Brian yeah. or whatever, whatever we're calling him now. Donate your hair to the kids. <laughs> you in a mood to cut your hair. I don't know if you went through a breakup Worthy or cause. something, but... Cut your hair and you came out here like a sniper. But, Mike, you do know that he fired everyone except Runner Gracie and has, like, a whole new team. No? Didn't know he had a new... Well, it was definitely the right move then. I mean, look look at look at this guy. He's hardly recognizable. Yeah, and I think he did a Sean O'Malley. I think, you know, while we all talk shit while he was injured, oh, Max, you know, lumped him up. Because, you know, after Max, we didn't see him fight for a while. 
And True. here's another thing. Everybody thought it was so cool that Max showed him how to fight defensively during a fight. And me and one of my friends, shout out to Trouble, me and her was like, that was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in MMA. And I agree. Yeah. If I was to yeah, get no, into, I'm with you. Yeah, if I was to get into a fist fight with someone and they were beating my ass so bad that they were like, yo, stop, put your elbow up because I'm a comic <laughs> over the top and you're not good at that. Okay, ready? Go. If someone did that to me, that would hurt my feelings. And I would be embarrassed yeah. that you could see that on television over and over again and something tells mm. me that might have been something going through brian's head he's a human being and you don't see those problems no more and i'm telling I you right that. now that shit was embarrassing bro mm. no definitely 100 percent. i mean he sunned him i mean he sunned him not just like what jemayev was doing behind yeah. the scenes and you know teaching him and talking through how you actually you know fight Basically, he was doing it in front of an audience, right. massive audience. And then, mind you, all the fans and us, we love that Max did that, but we didn't put ourselves in Brian's shoes. Can you imagine how he felt? It's the first time you're fighting for a title. You, you actually think you're better than the person that you're facing, and he's putting on a clinic on your face so much, he has to show you how to fight. So now mm. what? Two years later, Brian did a Sean O'Malley. In between all those surgeries and recuperating, he got a new team. Well, Sean didn't get a new team, but Brian got a new team, but he trained, trained, trained. Yeah. You know, Sean O'Malley, when he came back after his long layoff, there was no ring rust. Brian had none, and they looked new and improved. All those men did was quietly go back to the drawing board and fix the holes in their game and come back stronger. And for that, Brian Ortega needs a title shot now. <laughs> I'm with it. Look at you in the Brian Ortega. I'm not even a fan. I've never been a fan of him. Fight I always club. thought he looked like a sexy, awkward cat. I never thought he was like the yeah. hottest thing in the world. The women love him. I don't. I thought he was strange looking. I didn't like when he slapped um, Chan Sung Jung's friend and then when, when Korean Zombie was in the bathroom. I thought that was hella like, you know, I thought that was pussy. So I was mm -hmm. never like a big fan. But... What does it matter what they're doing outside the ring when they come in there and put on a show like that? So now I need to see him fight the champ. I hear that. No, I, I'm not going to disagree yeah. with you either. Now, have we got any listener mail this week? Yes, we've actually got two, and they're really good. And this is from okay. one of my favorite followers, Raging Sweet Potato. Mm -hmm. He said, TJ Dillashaw and Brian Ortega are both convicted drug cheats but don't get nearly the same level of hatred from fans as John Jones, Brock Lesnar, Chris Cyborg, or even Alistair Overeem. Why do you mm. think that is? And would Ortega have been cut after his positive tests if not for Renner Gracie? What do you think, Mike? I think it's to do with all of those, all of the above, are massive names. So they would, in terms of traction, in terms of heat, in terms of ire, and that is the fans saying, what the, mm -hmm. you know? They are obviously um, bigger names. Ortega, really and truly, when you weigh him up against all of those names, um, I can see why he could sneak under the radar. Yes, fans would be quietly outraged, but not to the volume that, you know, a superstar, as it were, would if he actually, you know, um, tested positive for something. Yeah, I think there's a, um, I'm with you on that, Mike. I think it was easy for um, Brian Ortega to go under the um, radar because he's radar. loved by mm. fans. And fans are so biased. And you have to understand, too, I tried to have this conversation with Kairos on Shots Fired because I forget, like, 
men don't look at men as other sex symbols because y'all are heterosexual yeah. men. You're not like, man, I mm. fuck that guy. No, you're you're not a homosexual, <laughs> and you're not in that mindset to look at other men and find them attractive. But little do you know that mm. sometimes sex appeal and just being attractive in sports, TV, anything can get you really far. And Brian Ortega is a known heartthrob that is also a very good, exciting fighter that fits perfectly for where the UFC is going. He's just yeah, perfect. True. So it's easy for them to be like, ah, that was so long ago. He's so cute. Look at his hair. And he Give fits. Give him a pass. Yeah, he gets that pass. You know, mm. And it's unfortunate because you see other people get dragged down to the, you know, they get dragged down for their peds and whatnot. But meanwhile, I think most of them do use them, and it's just a matter of them getting caught. So I don't really get caught yeah. up in that. If they get caught, they do their dues and their sus- suspensions, and they're back in the UFC, I'm quiet. Just put on a good show. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Next. Yes, this is from Man of Mayhem. A uh, quick story about him is that, um, Mike, I used to retweet a lot of his retweets. And the woman mm. that I was dating at the time was like, you better stop it. Because, you know, like the, his tweets are so raunchy and funny that the woman that I was dating was like, you better cut it out and stop retweeting that mess before people think you a pig. It was just so funny how he was quietly getting me in trouble at home. But I still kept retweeting yeah. you, bro. I didn't listen to her. Um, and his question That's is. That's why she's your ex. Right. Like, you know, I'm terrible. I just do what I want to do. And then I wonder why they're not around. so shout out to you bro i retweeted you anyway and she not around um his question is how do you think buckley will and should approach his next fight after giving us one of the best ko's ever i imagine he will be feeling the pressure as a lot of people will be expecting something special from him again can he deliver what do you think mike You see, why that KO worked in the first time or first place is because it was so natural. I mean, he's basically just drilling over and over and over again in the gym and letting it play out, not forcing it Mm -hmm. in the cage. There was an opportunity. He took it. This is what he drilled. Boom. That's a Taekwondo move right there. Guy's been doing Taekwondo for the longest while. He let it unfold. And that is the way that he should actually live his life. Basically, if it's there, go for it, unfold, boom. Listen, do I do I think he's going to do some ninja shit against Jordan Wright? I'm unsure. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a huge possibility that Joaquin Buckley can maybe try to uh, knock this guy out or have a, a decent fight with him. But I think Jordan Wright is a formidable challenger. So I'm unsure if he's going to do ninja stuff again, but I'm hoping that Jacqueline Buckley does manage to do something amazing or at least get a KO so that he can keep riding this wave because I don't think Mm. giving him 50K for something the UFC is going to make millions of dollars for for a very long time was enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. So I need him to capitalize off of this as much as he can because he's on his own. Mm. 100%. But... Let's not pressurize a man. Let's just enable him to be a mixed martial artist, an exceptional mixed martial artist, without pouring pressure on him. Like, you know, dance, bitch, dance. No. (laughs) How about just giving him the space to be himself? Because that's what led to it in the first instance, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I just know the position that he's in and what the potential he could have if he does, like if he does starch this kid again. And I just I want him to so bad because the only thing 
that this Jacqueline Buckley is going to get from the UFC is a quick turnaround. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the only yep. thing they're telling you. You want to get that knockout for us and, and, and make us millions of dollars instead of giving him 200K. Now they're just giving him a quick fight for him to kind of capitalize off of. And I swear to God, I hope he does it because he doesn't have the backing of that damn company. And it really makes me mad. You know how much money they're going to make off that ninja kick? Millions. Do you know Kanye already took it and put some horrible music over it? I, I heard it trash. and I scrolled past right. it. Let <laughs> it me do trash. some shit. Let's, first of all, I sound like something I would play on my old ass Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's one. Yeah. Like, Kanye, please. And then on top of it, let me and you, Mike, take that fucking um, ninja kick and put our Nintendo music on it. So UFC would shut yeah, our exactly. whole Twitter page down. Come on, stop it now. Mm. Stop it now. And, and Kanye <laughs> not, should have. Kanye, Kanye didn't even give him a shout out. Page. He just put his nasty music on it. At least <laughs> shout the brother out. We we would get our Twitter page and YouTube page and Facebook page shut Why down. Be hitting you on WhatsApp, <laughs> like what happened to your page, bro? Like we have shit to retweet and come on. Like, get out of wow. here. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Wocast. As usual, we'll be back. Hopefully, G will be back I'm with us midweek. G, crossed. don't let us down. Yes. No, I won't. You, you, you will. No pressure. No, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Well, you lasted this episode, so congrats to that. Your voice lasted out. And um, rest up and keep drinking the tea. I think what you need as well is some crumpets. Maybe that's all. that will definitely sort that if out. If I ever figure out what the fuck those are, perhaps <laughs> I will, you know, I'll look for them in the store, Mike. But I'll play back the send me a photo when you're done with them so I know what I'm looking for. Oh, 100%. Until next time, make some trouble.